In the future, the greatest threat to our survival will not be man at all. Hey, Jason, what's going on? It's war! We're going to war! Now, the youth of tomorrow must travel across the stars to defend our world. We are a generation commanded by fate to defend humankind. Everyone fights, no one quits. Prepare for battle and journey to the front lines of the next frontier. Kill them all! Starship Troopers. Hey everybody, welcome to You Have to Watch This Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And today we are t- watching a movie that Ryan has been trying to get me to watch since we started this damn show. And we yes. finally caved. Today we are talking about Super Troopers. Oh my god, I'm gonna hate I, I hate you so much. <laughs> Starship <laughs> Troopers. Oh shit, I watched oh. the wrong movie. Sorry guys, that's it for today. <laughs> As you hear what sounds like a potato bag getting beaten up, I'm pummeling Alan. Al, <laughs> yeah. please, no, stop. <laughs> No, today we're talking about Starship Troopers. Yes. Um, a 1997 film, sci-fi film. Yes. I'm just going to let you take it away. Describe the movie. What, what, the, okay. hell, what yeah, the hell okay. did we just watch? Okay, okay. What did so, we watch? Starship Troopers was a film that, was, uh, that came out in 1997 that was based off a book that was written, if, I'm, if my memory is correct, by a veteran. Um, the book is very, uh, is, is very much like the movie. Um, but it's got a lot of fans and a lot of critics. And I feel like this movie, even though it definitely goes away from the storyline of the book to a point, um, I feel like the controversy around the book, uh, kind of goes into the movie as well. Uh, this is what I would say pure sci-fi like this. If you're a sci-fi fan and you like a little bit of corniness, this movie's for you. Um, uh, the effects I feel, uh, stand up today to a point, uh, cause there's other movies that have come out after this one in the nineties where the effects were a lot worse. I've seen movies in the last three years yeah. that where the effects were worse, were worse than this. I yeah. agree. Um, there's definitely a point to say that some of the actors in it, uh, there's maybe two or three that have had solid careers <laughs> after this movie <laughs> came out. The rest of them, not, uh, not as much, <laughs> uh, when it comes to a list celebrities. Uh, oh my God. Much. Yeah. Oh, we have so much to talk about. Cause I'm looking at the list. It's like, that's who that was. Yeah. Yeah. See um, what I mean? Like there's a oh, lot of people to, to in somebody's this. son. Uh, no, the biology teacher. We'll get into it. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay, good. Um, yeah. Okay, so first things. First thing I want to say: this movie is directed by Paul Verhoeven, who directed RoboCop. Have you guys seen RoboCop? Uh, yeah. No. Oh. What? I've never seen RoboCop. Oh. I figured the title gave away the whole plot to the movie, so I didn't need to watch it. Okay, that's going on the list. That's happening soon. Uh, I got major <laughs> RoboCop vibes from this, and I love that. I love the first two RoboCops. Mm-hmm. Uh, he only did the first Wait, there's one. more than one RoboCop? There are two that count, and then two more that were like straight to DVD, like made for cable. And then there were a bunch more oh. that weren't even like C-list movies that take on the same RoboCop character. And then there was that remake that they did a few years ago that, that nobody Michael, likes to talk about. That had Michael Keaton in it for some reason. Wait, was the was reboot not good? What reboot in the last few years has been? Ah, that's a good point. Like this one here, like they did a PG-13 reboot of an R-rated movie. 
That's all That's I need weird. to say. That's will, all I need to say. Yeah, I, will say got it. I, I will say it was fine for what it was, but it wasn't RoboCop. It was no, it was it was not RoboCop. I feel oh. like it was an introduction to like science fiction. I feel like it was one of those movies. Got where it. It's like, you know, like a, a young kid, maybe 10, 11 years old, like, oh, what's sci-fi? Well, here's the remake of, uh, uh, of RoboCop. This kind of gives you a chapter of sci-fi. So, okay. So spoiling a little bit of what I saw from RoboCop in this is okay. the use of media as a transition tool. Yes. Uh, where yes. You, like in this, you had the, do you want to know more? Yeah. Like, that like I I see that in RoboCop with the I'd buy that for a dollar. Yeah. Spoilers for Devin and anyone who hasn't seen RoboCop. Yeah, I don't know what that yeah. means. You you will. <laughs> you will. Uh, <laughs> damn, I can't believe you never. I can't believe this. Uh, I really no. It was I really one. Of the, I just was too his, pretentious for that movie for the longest time. I want to yank his millennial card. I really do. Do it. Um, take it. Take it back. Anyway, uh, the other <laughs> thing that I noticed was just like the the blood and guts, mm-hmm. like on both 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 ends. So the. Uh, I want to say resistance, but the Federation yeah. side and the the bug side, like just the blood and guts everywhere. The like arachnids, yeah. The gore of this, yeah. and it's not like gore to be gore. It's like cartoony gore. Well, it's cartoony yeah. gore for the arachnids and for the bugs. For the humans, I feel like it's authentic war gore like it's the type of gore you would see on a battlefield to a point i'm not talking about them being flipped around with their body parts being chopped off I, i'm talking about like them showing like the body spread out at that mormon uh base <laughs> that the federation told them not to uh, you know build and they do to me like it felt like a world war ii movie in space like yeah. in a way that a lot of the brutality was like really portrayed and here's the thing though like i i completely agree with the world war ii thing but i I was like, okay, so the bugs are the Nazis. And then at the end, you had Neil Patrick Harris in like the Nazi officer uniform. I was like, wait, yeah. so are the humans the Nazis? Like, no, which but, one is it? But they were all wearing that uniform to a point because even the soldiers, yeah. and even though I know that you two have seen those costumes mm-hmm. in multiple uh, other shows. Yeah, I watched Power Rangers Lost Galaxy. Yeah, in the scene, <laughs> <laughs> in the scene where. Um, they are doing the burial scene in space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when she gets shot out into the void, um, and you yeah. look at them, they're all wearing the gray and black, like you know, uh, 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 like their dress uniforms. Yeah. And that's a callback to the book. One of the criticisms of the book that this movie is based on is that it it portrays fascism in a light that is that is almost positive because it's showing that the entire world is like together Mm -hmm. and unified and we're able to like share the space that's something that they alluded to in the movie when they use that uh south american like city uh yeah uh, as being like where all these characters are from but if you look around like i don't think that I really don't think there's that many white people in that city, to be perfectly honest. But in the movie and in the book, yeah. it shows that it, it, it's diverse, it's equal, but it's also really heavily fascist. <laughs> yeah. The, the, oh, there, well, there's a lot. So, like, I almost want, after watching this movie, just like a movie or a documentary about the culture behind this whole civilization. Because they bring up such very interesting and very unique viewpoints on a lot of things, like the whole concept of like, you could be a civilian, but not a citizen. And what does it mean to be a citizen and what citizenship gains you? And then like the whole like, like public beatings are just okay. Like when he got whipped for like being like insubordinate, like 
there's a lot of really interesting things to this society that I feel like could be worth digging into. Yeah. And and the thing is, from what you're talking about, my favorite movie quote, like top three movie quotes of all time comes from this movie. And it's something that I've always like kind of put close to myself ever since I was mm-hmm. a kid when I first saw this film. And it's when the history professor, um, uh, Ratchak, um, yeah. says you need to figure this out on your own. The only real freedom we have is our freedom to, to make a, uh, freedom to make a decision. Now I'm paraphrasing what the line was, but that's what he tells Rico when he asks him, Hey, what should I do? And he says, the only real freedom you have is to figure things out on your own. I've always put that close to myself because to be perfectly honest, no matter how much freedom people say that you have, that's really it. Yeah. Like that, like, 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 it's like, seriously, that's the definition of it. True freedom is being able to, to just decide on your own of what you need to do and being able to do it. And that's it. Yeah. That's as far as it's true though. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm good now. Okay. (laughs) So let's talk about some of the, the cast members. So we have, Oh boy. Casper Van Dyne as Johnny Rico. And I have a confession to make. Yeah. At one point they call they call him Rico for like the first 30 minutes of the movie and they never say his um first name. And when it got to his parents, he was like, his name's Rico, not Johnny. Like I thought there was just a mistake in the movie <laughs> and they called him Johnny. <laughs> Johnny um, Rico. <laughs> uh he is best known for Starship Troopers. And I guess he was in that Alita Battle Angel movie that just came out. Was and he really he was also in Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus? A movie close to my heart. Yes. <laughs> the, the cinematic classic. Uh, okay, so then we have Denise Richards. Who... Obviously. Outside of Starship Troopers is best known for The World Is Not Enough, where she played Dr. Christmas Jones. That was a... Bo- that James was a, Bond. That was a Bond girl name. Dr. Christmas Jones. Played by Denise Christmas. Richards. You, you, you're not going to getting- bring up wild things? That's my favorite Denise Richards movie by a long shot. Never seen it. That's the third one. So, and I guess she was in Love Actually. I haven't seen Wild Things either. So, do I need to put that on the list? I don't know if I want to make you guys watch okay. Wild Things because okay. I just think that would go into a realm of a conversation that none of us really want to have. It always struck me as like softcore porny, and I never really was that interested in it. It kind of is, but without yeah. the like nudity part to a point. Like they allude to it, and there's a lot of see through stuff, but there's never like bare overt yeah um it does yeah. have a very interesting storyline though you guys um, can watch it on your own i think nowadays <laughs> denise richards is most known for being charlie sheen's ex right yeah she had a reality tv show at one point who hasn't yeah i know but okay okay so she had it when reality tv for celebrities went to its peak when they had the one for the redhead that was like the youngest kid on either the brady bunch or she was on the um real housewives of beverly hills she had a she was on that she was also on there was a different one but i can't remember what it was seeing it on here but so for people listening you've got johnny rico and Denise Richards are at the beginning of the film. It they're like lovebirds. They're high school, which I find funny. High school sweethearts to a point, which I don't know in, oh, if yeah. this society if they're supposed to be eighteen years old or if they're supposed to be their actual age. And you're just in school for that long because they put college and like 
like college and normal high school education together. So, I mean, I, I've never really cared about that. Like, Oh, adults playing kids. Like I never yeah. cared about that in this movie. I, I liked how the first 30 minutes of the movie was just them in high school. Yeah. Like this movie yeah. breaks into 30 minutes, 30 minutes, and then an hour. And the first 30 minutes is just a high school drama. Yeah. Like, yeah. You've got the sports game where they're going to sports and then you have the dance where they're going to dance and like, ooh, I want to dance with her, but she's with him and all the high school drama bullshit. They hit all the beats. They did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have like the test and somebody not doing well and all the different. And then classes. like the bully moment where someone's like, oh, you got to see. Yeah. Oh, he, he didn't get a C. He. He scored like 37% on that math test when she got like a hundred. Oh, that was, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that was Neil Patrick Harris that did that. It was his friend, quote unquote friend that went over and put his board on. So everybody could see, but he was the star player in the Are football team. So nobody cared. Yeah. They're friends yeah. in this movie. Okay. They're friends. Okay. So then we also have the uh, love interest who loves him, but he's involved with Denise Richard. It's played by uh, Dina Mayer. Meyer. Now Disney. I have to, now, Diz. Yeah. Now, I have to say, my first oh, no. celebrity character crush as a kid. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm talking like, because it was 1997. So I was 13. Okay. Yeah, 13. So, like, that first, like, preteen, like, she's a, you know, like, celebrity crush was that actress mm-hmm. because of this movie. Aww. And it happened before the tenth scene, so you can't go and say, "Oh, okay. it was because of that." No, it was not no, because I, of that. I feel like I feel like I, I, I can see that. Yeah, I understand yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it wasn't character. Denise Richards; it was Diz. It wasn't little J- little Gary Busey either, though. So you're you're good. Oh, <laughs> Jerry Busey! I um, love him in this. Like he is one of my favorite fun. characters in this movie. Yeah. yeah, Jake Busey was fun in this. Uh, I'll call him by his name because he's or he's earned it for this one. Uh, <laughs> you call him yeah. by his name. <laughs> I went the whole Stranger Things episode calling him L- Little Gary Busey. That's true. And I didn't <laughs> even catch you called him by his dad's name when I said, "Yeah, him." <laughs> um, and then we have Neil Patrick Harris, who we talked about, who who plays like kind of the typical Neil Patrick Harris ha- character that we've come to know. Lately. Yeah, yeah, like kind of an asshole, mm-hmm. like kind of yeah. fun, kind of an asshole, but at the same time, like he. I, I'll get to it uh, for, for some reason. He kind of is psychic. Like that's weird. Like <laughs> yeah. at the same time, they explain that though. They do. And then they don't. No, 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 no. They do. Okay. So during one of the newsreels, they talk about yeah. how, you know, like uh, uh psychic or they have their terminology that they use, you know, tests are yeah. being done in your area and they show the chair that Johnny Rico is in, but they're in Neil Patrick's uh, character's uh, basement and he's doing the card yeah. thing behind yeah. his head where he has to guess the cards and they explain it real quick. Johnny gets upset because he's not getting any of them right. And it's almost a joke because Neil Patrick Harris says, you know, even statistically speaking, you should have gotten one right by now. And so he does it again and he gets it wrong. And then he asks him about, you know, well, how about you? And he said, well, I'm pretty good at it. But scientists think that this is just another leap in uh, 
in human evolution. evolution. And then that's yeah. when he tells his pet ferret to go crawl up his mother's leg yeah. and you hear her drop the pots and pans in the kitchen at a scream. It, it's just one of those <laughs> things that like book ends the movie. Like it's at the beginning and it's at the very end and nowhere yeah. in between. And I just found that a little strange. In the book, it's more of a thing from what okay. I've heard. Oh, really? Uh, it, it, so that one would of, make sense. Yeah. Is so, it just one book or is it a series of fo- books? As far as I know, there's just one book. It, 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 it's one of those things where I like the movie so much and I know it's based off a book. But because of my history with dyslexia and having a hard time, like, like it's not as hard for me now to get through a book as it was before. Like my reading's gotten sure. a lot better. But because of that, I've when I was a kid and teenager and when I was in college, I didn't develop a disdain or a distaste for reading. It was just something that I avoided because it was something that was too frustrating. But now it's to the point where it's not frustrating. It's fun. So there's a ton of books that I want to read and that book's kind of like way off in the distance for me. So I haven't had a chance to read it, but I do know some things about it in relation to the movie because I like the movie so much. Okay. I want to suggest Audible. Like, I know you have a lot of time to oh, listen to yeah. stuff, so Audible. Oh, yeah, especially Audible. with my new job, since yeah. I'm driving all the time now. The one the one yeah. podcast not sponsored by Audible. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just I went on there today, and I got a full cast recording of a Star Wars book about Count Dooku. Nice. And I was wow. like, oh, okay, this is interesting. Sign me up. So it was kind of like a radio play. Yeah, it's a radio play about Count Dooku before episode two. Nice. So that's pretty forward, cool. Looking forward. To I that. like Count Dooku. Um, yeah. Anyway, back to Star they didn't Super do him Super justice in the movies. Oh, that, that's a whole mini episode we can talk about. I think we did. All right. Um, I'm sure we did. And it never got posted. Yeah. Oh, it'll get posted. <laughs> Good. Okay, so we were. Uh, so we were on the the psychic thing. Yeah. Um, yes. No, that's pretty much all I had to say about it. it that's what shows yeah. up. Yeah. All right, so going. I just the- think being psychic is yeah. hard to show on movies. Like, I think that that that's a plot point that gets taken out of books a lot because it's just hard to be like hard staring at a camera for a second and then for something to pop up in it not to look cheesy. Unless you're The Shining, and then it's just like long drawn out shots of people staring into the space. Yeah, but they did that exceptionally well. Yeah, what do you, you could always do it with music. Get an orchestra, yeah. and whenever something psychic happens, you just put like a little violin note in there or something, like some strings. I feel like that's how it's done a lot of the time. Yeah. Fine. Screw it. Brass. <laughs> <laughs> a giant figured tuba. It out. <laughs> a giant tuba. <laughs> All right. So yeah. going through some of the um, supporting <laughs> cast that we have here. Um, so we have Clancy Brown who plays Zim, Sergeant Zim. I love Sergeant Zim. Yeah. The drill instructor. Do you got what do you guys know Clancy Brown from? Because I know you know him, but do you know him from like off the top Here, of your head? I recognize. No, I don't think I do. From he's, other things, okay. but I can't place it. He's Mr. Krabs on SpongeBob. See that he's I would Mr. have gotten Krabs? in a million years. Yeah. Um, okay, he was in Shawshank Redemption. Starship Troopers is like number two for him on this. Uh, he was the voice of Solter in Ragnarok. Um, oh. Devin, you'd know him from Lost. He was the guy in the hatch with Desmond. Oh my gosh, was he really? Yeah. Oh man, I missed that. And he was the voice of Lex Luthor on like the Superman animated series, Justice League, oh. and all that. 
so pretty he cool. he's pretty no well known as a voice actor um but it's always nice seeing him pop up and stuff like here and there oh yeah he's on the flash um all kinds of things he i think he's on schooled which is the goldberg spinoff on abc now oh, cool he plays like the woodshop teacher because he looks like a woodshop teacher he does though he looks like you're just common but he he looks like a kind of like a rugged like a, a, a rugged guy and i feel like that's what fits for his character of being the drill instructor just because he has that aura, especially in that character of being somebody you just you don't want to mess with. And oh, he yeah. was, I feel like he was trying to channel and I'm going to mess up his name. I feel it. Um, early Jones. No, uh, no you're, you're close. Yeah. Uh, early Ermy. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Him. The, 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 yeah. the drill instructor from uh, Full Metal Jacket. Like, oh, absolutely. I feel like he was trying to channel him a little bit. And I feel like with what they had to work with, he did an excellent job, which gets to uh, one of my top 10 favorite scenes in this movie, which when we start talking yeah. about boot camp, we'll get into that. OK, so while you guys are talking, I just added full metal jacket to the list because I have never seen that. Oh, dude. OK, yeah, we need to watch that. Um, all right, so going through the rest of the supporting cast, I'm just going to do a few that I recognize. Michael Ironside plays the uh, teacher at the beginning and then comes back later. Um, yeah. Ratchak. Ratchak, yeah. I knew him from S- Smallville. He played um, Slade Wilson on that show. I knew him as... Really? Yeah, in like I, the last season. I knew oh. him as one of the villains from RoboCop. Was he in RoboCop? I think he was in RoboCop 2. Oh, RoboCop 2. Yeah. Well, that's not RoboCop. RoboCop 2 and RoboCop are good. Those two are... are. I feel like I feel like they should just make a version of that movie where they cut just cut some stuff out of both films and just splice them together. Oh, he was also in yeah. Free Willy. He was a bad guy in Free Willy. He plays a bad guy a lot. He, was, he really does. He was the voice of the main character in the Splinter Cell video games. Oh, no. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, he's got that voice for it. Yeah. Uh, he was in Top Gun. Everyone fights, no one quits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and then um, another pre- pleasant surprise was Dean Norris from Breaking Bad. Yeah, I was so happy he was in it. I want to go back and rewatch Breaking Bad so badly. Like, I feel, oh, I do I too. Feel, like, feel it coming, especially if they're actually doing a sequel movie. But it's always nice seeing him pop up and stuff. I know. Okay, so you, ah. I'm bad with actors' names. He's the commander who um, is at the the boot camp who tells. Oh yeah, I know exactly who you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. All right. And you so, can. It wouldn't be legal, son. Yeah. Um. So going back to the 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 cast member that surprised me the most, and I was like, I know that person from somewhere. The biology teacher. Any guesses on who the biology teacher is? No. Just a cool old lady. <laughs> the biology teacher was played by Rue McClanahan, 
who is Blanche on Golden Girls. <laughs> <gasps> Whoa! I want to go back and rewatch this movie just for that because I completely missed that the first time around. Because I the, missed that one too. Because of the like Doc Ock goggles that she had going on. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah. in that scene, they're dissecting basically giant grubs. Well, not grubs, but like stink bugs or like mm-hmm. ladybugs. Like they're just. Matata just yeah just just giant versions of them so to have somebody like her dressed like that to me completely fits because first what they're doing is completely hysterical and completely oh yeah you know for being able to you know to see it because they show you clips of the arachnoids a little bit during like the first like media segment so like you know they exist and they talk about the bugs because they send an asteroid and you got that planetary defense but uh-huh. they don't really show them like like big bugs in real life and that's when you get your first introduction of the characters with these giant bugs mm-hmm. and they're treating them like they were dissecting mice in a biology class so yeah. just the ridiculousness of that scene fit fit that character because like you said she had the giant dot glasses and she was talking like a college professor almost yeah um so Devin, what did you overall think of this movie Oh, overall, I loved it. Um, it was one of those movies that I think I was kind of primed to like just because I'm me. Uh, <laughs> I read a lot of sci-fi, and like it just it hit every one of those beats, man. Like started out on Earth, you had this like guy who was kind of an underdog, went off to join Space Marines. Like, oh, dude, every <laughs> checkbox. Like, well done, movie. The, the hero's Plus, journey. Yeah. Also, well, before we uh, get off a of cast. There's one person that was in this movie that, like, I was most pleasantly surprised to see. It was uh, Timothy Amundsen, the guy that plays Lassiter yes. on Psych. Oh, man. I was really happy to see. He's like the, oh, do you think you have psychic abilities? Yeah. I was oh, like, whoa, that guy. I always love seeing him pop up and stuff. Like, there, there were just oh, yeah. some character actors that when, when you see them, it's like, oh, man, like, good for you. Like, it's always nice seeing your face. Um, hopefully, oh, yeah. I guess he's going to be back for Psych 2, the movie. I need to see Psych 1, the movie. Uh, he's not in it because he had a stroke. So he has Oh, like, no, that's awful. Yeah. Um, he's in like one Skype scene and that's it. So he's supposed to have a big part in the second one because he's oh, uh, doing a lot better now. Um, good. But yeah, it was nice seeing him too. I, I knew I should have made notes because I completely forgot about that. I was like, oh, I need to talk about that one on the podcast. And luckily oh, you yeah. saved the day. So... I liked it too. Um, I'm very happy to hear that from both of you. I really, really am because oh, how yeah. much I love this movie and how much this movie has meant to me through throughout my life. Like watching, because I, mean, like I, I haven't seen this movie in two weeks. That's kind of the reason why I asked you the night before if you've watched it yet, because I, I watched the movie like the night before I gave it to you, which was like a week and a half ago. And I was worried. I was like, I, there's going to be stuff that I'm going to forget. The back of my mind, I'm like, Ryan, you've seen this movie like yeah. 500 times since you were 13. You're fine. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's just one of those things where I was like, I need to watch this. And I kept putting it off and like Veronica Mars dropped early and that messed up my whole schedule. So <laughs> of watching stuff. Uh, how was it? Uh, we can do it. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, okay, good. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. it. Like I said, it it hit a lot of the same strokes as RoboCop did for me. Yeah. Um, and I like that. Like that's it's a nice. Like I, I can almost see this being the same world as RoboCop, like just in the future. Yeah. 
Um, Technology-wise, it would make sense. Yeah. In, in, in all honesty. I don't know why, but I kept thinking this movie came out in like 1999, which I know isn't a huge difference from 97, but yeah. it's a huge difference from 97. Yeah. Like, I thought this was like a pre-Matrix 99 movie, but no, it's like two years before that. Yeah. like the, oh, wow. the if, What blew me away when I was younger with this movie was the effects. Like, I could not yeah. believe how good it looked compared to other movies at the time. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why I kept watching it until I became like 16, 17 years old. And that's when I stopped watching it for like just the entertainment value of watching them like, like it just Devin or Alan. I can't remember which one said the whole World War II feeling of it. Oh, yeah. Did that, yeah, that, that was Devin. Um, and at the time, I loved World War II movies. And I was like, this is perfect. This is like my sci-fi, you know, World War II um, uh, war movie that I can watch. And I started getting more. I mean, even it's a campy movie and corny, yes. But there are things in this movie, Devin, that you uh, alluded to about like the society that it's based around that yeah. really got me thinking about things. Again, like that quote, it's my third favorite movie quote of all time. Like it's in my top three. And there's yeah. so and there's so much more that it's not quotes, but it's just actions and the way that they like present themselves. One thing I will say about this movie is it borrows a lot from other science fiction. Yeah. Like the whole um, funeral scene. Yeah. I, I, I had to make sure I wasn't watching Wrath of Khan. <laughs> oh, yeah. But see, the thing is, and there are some things I feel like are universal with science fiction and i feel like burial i feel like that's part of it because either you can go like i would say the more and i feel like star trek should have done it this way you could do more of the uh like burning of the body type of funeral mm -hmm. where like uh where where they do cremation to me makes more sense um to a point but i like the whole ejecting the casket into space well at the same time okay ryan so if you burn spock's body he can't go his corpse can't go down on the planet genesis and regenerate for <laughs> i know i know i know i know but i know missing but, a whole movie i know, yeah. I know but i'm just saying when it when it comes to sci-fi you can go one or two ways with it you can go more logic yeah. more science or you can go more cultural uh, more tradition. And mm -hmm. I feel like if you're going to go more logical sci-fi, you cremate any dead bodies. If you want to go more tradition, more culture based, which is science, which is starship troopers, you go by ejecting the casket into space. Yeah. I'm just saying a lot of the, there, there are moments like that, that just reminded me of other things I've seen oh, yeah. in science fiction film. So mm -hmm. that was, yeah. that was Star Trek. A lot of, um, Rico's story is kind of like Luke Skywalker where his family dies and he's yeah no I do want to go take take me with you to Alderaan like that yeah. kind of thing <laughs> so it's like the hero's journey type thing which is like yeah. done done to death um but yeah that was the big thing like and then like you have like the desert planets which are reminded me a bit of Tatooine and yeah oh yeah that. which honestly now that uh, I recently watched Doom or Dune Mm -hmm. and the bug planet reminds me of Dune to a point. Like, it's not like just like a giant Sahara desert, but like the rocky parts of it. I will watch Dune when the new one comes out. But No, that, I know. I understand. That I is understand. the only David is, Lynch thing you're making me watch on this podcast. Yeah, no, I, it is. Honestly, it is one of those like me. I tried to read it. I tried to watch it. Dune is hard for me to get through. Yeah. 
I couldn't get through like um the Dark Tower. Oh, couldn't you? No, I did the audiobook uh, though. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Um, I didn't. I didn't read any of it. But like that seems to be like the pinnacle of Stephen King. Yeah. Which is a shame because I I like other Stephen King. Like it just took me three right. months, but I finished it. Um. <gasps> like like we'll yesterday yesterday I finally finished it. So yay. Um. Yeah, I, I really like the graphics in this. The uh, spaceships yeah. all look different. Like they're, they're similar to other things that we've seen before, but yeah. they, they have their own look to them, their own style. Um, the way they went into like the gravity field at that one point when the asteroids coming by was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like the design of the bugs a lot. I thought they did a really good job of making the bugs feel very military, especially when they were attacking that like Mormon compound and you had like what looked like infantry bugs and what looked like artillery bugs and what looked like air support bugs. And I thought that was really interesting. So the compound that they attack when Mm -hmm. Rico and, uh, uh, and, and the roughnecks are there, that's not the Mormon outpost. That's a different outpost. It's the more. Oh, I'm just talking about the one, the one shot where the shot. <laughs> just before Diz dies. Yeah. That that looks. Like, I'm pretty sure they just took down the Mormon it's thing for the, that. It's the same. It's set. the same set, but it's not the same base. Oh. I just want to make that clear. Yeah. Oh, see, I, in my mind, I'm like, that's the Mormon. That's a post. common misconception. It's something that I had to learn myself, so I understand exactly yeah. where you're coming from. Yeah. So I'm not hating. <laughs> I'm not trying to shame you. It's. The base oh, no. that they're Shame at away. is not the Mormon one that they talk about at the during the newsreel clip. It's just a different Got it. set dressing. Like, it, it's a different <laughs> set dressing. Yeah. Let's take down the, the yeah. Mormon tabernacle and just make it a military base now. And put up a gun tower. And put yeah. up a gun. <laughs> so um, since we're talking about the bugs, there's something I want to go back to. Okay. Um, yeah. Because we, we, we talked about Zim. And I huh? wanted my f- one of my top ten favorite scenes in this film happens during basic training, and it's when that guy's son, uh, Jake Busey, Jake Busey says, "I w- w- he goes, why are we th- throwing knives anyway? Because uh, uh, in a nuke fight, all you have to do is push a button." And Zim stops th- the knife throwing and says, "Put your hand on the wall." And he knows exactly what's coming to him when he does. So he so he hesitates. And then Zim yells at him, put your hand on that wall. So he does it. And he takes the knife, just throws it right into his palm. And he walks over and <laughs> he walks over and he goes, the enemy cannot push a button if you like uh, if you uh, el- uh, eliminate his hand, cut off his hand, yeah. something uh Along those lines, and I laugh out loud every time I see that scene, yeah. just because it's so ridiculous. And then he pulls the knife out and goes, "Medic!" <laughs> the the most ridiculous scene, like just um, going back to basic training, was when he takes the guy's helmet off and then he gets oh, shot. Oh yeah, yeah. Like that was the most cartoony gore that I was talking about earlier. It, true, true. But at the same time, um, I feel like the makeup design from the ring. Uh, took the uh, face of the schoolgirl at the beginning when the mom walks in. Yeah, and never saw like, it. Okay, that's fine, but I'm sure you've seen the still image mm-hmm. of the girl in the closet with her mouth is all real open. And it's like she died when she was screaming. Um, if you pause when he gets shot in the head and they have the prosthetic head with his mouth like way open, it's like three yeah. times. It's It's open like two times larger than it humanly could be. 
And it's almost ah. exactly like the girl's face from the ring when her mom walks into her after she's died. Yeah. Aww. Just say it's I'm just saying, I'm just saying the 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 makeup person who worked for the ring was a fan of Starship Troopers. And I feel like that this movie has <laughs> spread its tentacles into every genre of film in Hollywood. Never say so. spread its tentacles again. <laughs> I don't know say why. Say it more. Say it slower. <laughs> Like just get ASMR that shit. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, but okay. So, uh, speaking of, what was like your guys' favorite scene? Either by just like the culture thing for Devin, or what was funnier for you, or just a cool thing that they did. I like, I like the fight scene before Rico was gonna get into a fight with was named Xander. Yeah, which like. Good 90s name, by the way, Xander. Yeah. But uh, where Rico was going to fight Xander and they were like, they like publicly announced that rank had nothing to do with this. And like in society, that's just cool. I thought that spoke a lot to like the culture of the plot, the culture of like the area, like what kind of society they lived in, that that's just OK. Plus, I liked that, like that tension was there. You know what I mean? I was like, I'll see this character again. I like that there's this tension. Like, I like that scene a lot. Yeah, you stole mine, so I have to come up with another one. Um, <laughs> Good, hurry! I think I like the the scene where Ratchcheck uh, killed the soldier who was taken by the bug. Yeah, and and just yeah. turns to his guys and says, "I'd expect any one of you to do the same for me." And then you know that's gonna that's gonna happen to him, like the next scene where he's gonna get taken and they have to put him out of his misery. Because um, so I, I really like that just that moment of yeah, this is mm-hmm. like that's not anything any one of us should have to suffer. We should make sure that we take care of each other this way. Yeah. Which is another thing, like I said, that this movie, like as I got to be 16, 17 years old watching this movie, I took a lot from it. And that was one of the things it's like, in all honesty, yes, you don't want to kill another person, but it's, and this is why I believe that if somebody's ill enough, they should be able to opt to self terminate. You know, like yeah. that's a thing right now that people tend to talk about. There's a lot of other stuff going on, but still, that's still a discussion going on in our society when it comes, you know, should people be allowed to self-terminate if they're going through like severe medical issues? And because of that scene and self-reflection, thinking about that topic, I do. Because to be perfectly honest, if if I'm on that planet and I get swooped up by a giant uh, 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 and I get swooped up by a giant dragonfly, I'd want somebody to do that to me too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the one thing that this movie did do really well though, is everything they set up had a payoff in some way. Like it was like what Alan keeps saying. Like if you show a gun, you're going to use it. They basically did that all the time. Yeah. Even with the psychic thing and her being a pilot. And... It's like the crazy medical care where they're just like, you know, Oh, I stabbed him through his hand. He'll be fine. The next scene. They even like showed you what their medical facilities were like a little bit. Like, I, I thought that was nice. Okay. I, th- this brings something up. Uh, one of the issues I had with this movie, because as much as I enjoyed it, I have issues with it. Uh, <laughs> why wouldn't I? Um, okay. So Rico dies. He's reported dead, but no, he's in the Batka tank, getting the Luke Skywalker, the beginning of Empire treatment. Uh, I'm glad you got that same reference because that's exactly what I said. Why do they list him as dead if he's alive? Is is there any reason for that? Is it just a mistake? 
the way that I took it, and this was back when I used to watch a ton of World War II stuff, like I was a 12-year-old watching History Channel documentaries on World War II the same way like a middle-aged white guy would around the same time. Like I like it's like I <laughs> I didn't watch cartoons a lot. I watched black and white documentaries on Normandy and the French Front and like all of that stuff. Up to. Exactly. Like I like that was me. <laughs> and to be perfectly honest, there was a lot of times in World War II because again the person who wrote this book was a veteran and I believe it was World War II that he fought in. Um where you would have situations where you would have giant battles and you would have the person who was collecting all of the data. He would say, hey, have you have you heard anything from, you know, from this b- battalion? And they would say, no, they were all wiped out. So that means that they would just take the KIA logo and just put it over. This whole battalion is KIA. But then two days later, it turns out that, you know, private, you know, Jordan from battalion x that was completely wiped out was found in a mash unit like two miles away because somebody from a different unit found uh 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 found them which they explained because the roughnecks yeah you know they came around got him and brought them back and because his entire unit was pretty much dead because because all all of the surviving members from boot camp died his entire unit except for him was dead except for diz and wow. that uh little Busey. Busey, yeah yeah so everybody wow. else was dead like yeah. every single one of them so that's why yeah that's it, how it, i took it, it just that's yeah. how i remember and, and that makes sense they just don't really explain it at all in the uh in the movie no they don't they don't which i just thought was weird but i guess he really is like the luke skywalker of this thing isn't he he really is oh yeah um even uses the force a little bit at the end. Does he though? I think he does. I no, think he used the force. The... I'm sorry. Keep on what's going. Up? I was no, no, interrupting. I apologize. You go. <laughs> How I took it was since statistically he should have gotten a card right at the end or in the very beginning. I thought he was a little psychic and intentionally getting it wrong because he was self-sabotaging. And that in the end, he was psychically communicating with Neil Patrick Harris because he just kind of knew he was. I, That's a good take on it. I feel like Johnny Rico is as psychic and his psychic abilities are to the point of how Snoke had to connect Ray and uh, uh, Kylo. So I feel like that was entirely on Neil Patrick Harris, 100%. I feel that his military training perfected his ability to the point where he could do humans, like he said before. You know, when he, uh, uh, when, when Rico said after he told his ferret to go run up his mom's leg, he goes, I really hope you don't do that to me. And he says, oh, I can't do humans. And he leans forward, looks at him, yet. Yeah. Another, Another setup and payoff. Good job, yeah. movie. <laughs> um, I buy both of those. Like I like them both. Yeah. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't don't bring Snoke up on this podcast again. <laughs> it's um, a good analogy. Oh. Um, no, I'm kidding. I like Snoke. <laughs> I think I don't know. Didn't really see much of him. Uh, yeah. I'm split on on Snoke. That's fine. Right at the waist. <laughs> oh. Oh, too soon. Is it though? Is it? <laughs> uh, 
So one of the other problems I have with this movie is there's a lot of horrible acting in this. That's the appeal it's of it. It's right? It's, it yeah. has to be. <laughs> At the point where you're casting little Gary Busey and Denise Richards, you can't be going for the Academy Awards for Best Actor. We're going for gasps. Yeah. Here's how I took it. Okay, this movie... They did so well on the effects. They did so well in setting things up throughout the storyline. One could even say that they did a really good job on the story itself and on the storyline for just making it a good classic war sci-fi film that they made sure to hit all those points. And I feel like if they would have gotten a bunch of actors to play it straight, I don't think this movie would be that enjoyable. I feel like the work. I feel like the poor acting the corny lines, the campiness of it, like kind of, uh, it just like how demolition man and starship troopers share the same feel when it comes to the acting. The big difference is that demolition man has Sylvester Stallone and what's her name? Sandra Bullock, Sandra Bullock. Thank you. Um, has those two and starship troopers has Busey. (laughs) Well, Okay, so have you guys? This is gonna be this is gonna seem out of left field. Have you guys seen Human Centipede one and two? I seen one. I refuse to watch those okay. movies until now. So no, I'm not until watching. Now. It. I know it's okay. <laughs> um, so in Human Centipede two, Human Centipede one is a movie. In the second one, that's what this felt like for me. It felt like Starship Troopers, the movie, is in a movie that exists in our universe. It exists in the Starship Troopers universe, and they use that movie as a recruitment tool to get people to join the the Space Marines. I'm like, flipping out over it, here. It's propaganda, okay. and that's no, what this movie is, and that, I love it. That is one of the biggest fan theories on the internet for, for fans of this movie, because if you read really? the book and the way that the book sets up its world and everything, and Devin, if you yep. really want to know about the society from the movie, read the book, because that's yep. one thing that I know that okay. they didn't pull any punches from. Um, the big theory is that the reason why the movie is so different from like the tone of the book is because the mm-hmm. movie is a propaganda film that was made for the society that that's in the book. So Starship Uh, Troopers, the film is just a propaganda tool to get people to enlist in the Federation's army. Yeah, I see it. I see it a hundred percent. So I'm on that's, I mean, you've got it. I mean, that's, that's one of the bigger fan theories for this film. That's cool. I, I think it's cool. I think it's an interesting style of film. Like, the one guy at the military base that was like locked in the closet, like, oh my God, he was just chewing through the scenery yeah. every second he opened his mouth. And like, I kind of loved it though. Like, I don't know. I thought it, was, general? it was a cool yeah. stylistic choice. Yeah. I, oh, I, 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 I absolutely love that part. And then the bug lands on him, <laughs> which was just yeah. made it even yeah. like perfect. It was a perfect moment for something like that. All right. So we got to wrap this up here soon. Okay. Um, so, oh, yeah. There have been several sequels to this. Ryan, how many of them have you seen? None, because I've heard it's all pretty much softcore porn. And <laughs> <laughs> Oh, no. And uh, what's wrong with that? <laughs> Look, 
nothing's wrong with that. The, the, the reason why I haven't seen any of them is because I'm afraid to watch them. It's one of those things because I like this movie so much and I know that I know that none of my favorite like care like I'm I'm really confused on which movies has the actors from the first one. Okay, from the right. looks of it, Rico comes back in 3. And it also looks like this oh. is the last live action one that they made. Yeah, because after there there was a TV show that they made up based off of this. Oh, a lot. Um, I think it was like one or two seasons. It didn't do too well. It's like a cartoon. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a fourth, fifth cartoon movie that came out in 2017 that has Rico and Diz in it. What? Yeah, I don't know how she's in it. I I even looked last she's night. A robot. I, yeah, I I don't know. I need to. I need to because I just it's need called to Traitor watch of Mars. I just need That's to watch it again. I might I might watch that one. Watch him again. I just need to watch him. I need to get over it and watch it. Just because I saw once on a fan th- uh, forum uh, for the, uh, for uh, for the second one, and this one person, somebody asked a question in the forum about uh, would anybody here recommend uh, the sequels to this film and out of the it was it was this thread on the forum went maybe like six pages so there's probably like 200 comments on it and i read through the first 50 and every single person was saying don't bother don't bother it's basically just softcore porn don't you know it it it, it, if you really want to watch it go ahead but you don't need to like that was the responses to, to, to to this person so i just whoosh i just threw them off to the side, never cared about the sequels. I feel like you should approach it the same way I, I approach Independence Day and its sequel. <laughs> watch uh, it. And just take watch it. it once. Yeah. And then, okay. <laughs> never again. <laughs> I did it. One of the, so there's a few things, like I said, from watching like all the, like the World War II stuff. And that's kind of why I like grasp onto this movie. One of the things that I love about this film uh, and it's, it, it was also on like, uh, it was also, I think it was on movie magic on discovery channel in the nineties when that was a show, um, where they talked about the effects and they talked yeah. about specifically about the ships, about, about the spaceships. And they said that they wanted, because they're Marines, they're intergalactic Marines. They wanted the ships to move like ships. They didn't want them to move like Star Wars ships, and they didn't want them want them to move like Star Trek ships. They wanted these ships to move yeah. like they were battleships on the ocean, but in space. Mm-hmm. So that's why they have these like big gating moves where mm-hmm. they have to like sway, and they've got to like you know kind of you know like when they're going towards that asteroid because of the gravity disturbance, and they have to like time it at just the right moment to get the boosters to like go down and go under. It was almost like they were mm-hmm. waiting on to get the rudders right and to get the, you know, t- to get the ship to go like all reverse at the right time to get it to like swing to the left or something. Yeah. Um, but just the, the feel of those spaceships to me are just perfect. Like if I, if I was, uh, Thanos and I had the gravity or the not the gravity but the 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 gauntlet mm-hmm. one of the things uh-huh. I'd bring into existence NASA would just have a fleet of those ships like to me in Good. sci-fi those are like the perfect like battle cruiser starships for for me 
Space Force. Space Force. Like, yeah, I mean, I'm some serious. Like, the space design, I loved... Uh, uh, I loved how the jump ships, the the boats that they called them, that they launched down to the surface mm-hmm. in. I loved how they looked like U-boats from World War II. They were just from space oh, because yeah. like because the fronts came down. And holy extras, Batman! Yeah, there's a reason why Hollywood is full of those costumes and why they use them everywhere they can. Yeah, let's talk about that for a second. So I know they've showed up in Power Rangers: Lost Galaxy because mm-hmm. that's the second season when they're in space and on the space station and they have like a whole I did not know that yeah they show up in that um okay do they show up in firefly yes they are also in firefly were they in firefly who wears them the uh i want to say the federation whatever the the big government is in firefly yeah that makes sense yeah they show up in there too i knew there was another one i couldn't remember it's Um, it's okay but yeah, so they definitely got their money's worth. Yeah. Yeah, they did. One thing that, um, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm all over the place because there's things about this movie that I feel like people don't like. People are like, oh, it's a corny movie, but there's so much stuff in it that I love. Like, Devin, you said about how like the culture that like this like yeah. the thing is set in, like everybody's yeah. treated equally. Mm-hmm. Diz, the secondary love interest, she's the quarterback of the high school, like, like, uh, yeah, indoor like, she was she was the captain whatever the future football yeah is, yeah, yeah. Th- th- that like indoor arena yeah. type football thing that they were playing like she's the team captain on a football team with a bunch of guys playing and also uh as other and other women playing but yeah even in the military they're in basic training shoulder to shoulder there's no women bunk and men bunk they're all together and and i love this i love how I love the shower scene and I know that sounds really like I know how that sounds, but if you watch the movie and you see this scene, they're, they're, they're just showering. Mm -hmm. They're in a gang shower and they're showering and there's nudity, but they're talking like a bunch of people in the military would talk if they were in basic and they were in a shower, they're getting to know each other. They're talking about this and that the one person's talking about how they can't get into Harvard. So that's why he's in the military to get into Harvard. And then they ask another Mm -hmm. person why she's there and she wants to have a baby because it's easier for a citizen to get a license compared to a civilian to become a baby. And she wants to go, uh, uh, is into politics. Like I love that scene because it shows full equality. Like yeah. to me, yeah. that is like when people talk about equality and uh, and where we want to go to. I like to point to this movie yeah. and say that's where I want to go to. And then people back away slowly because yeah. they've never seen the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was also a nice bit of pre Game of Thrones sex position. They're like we're going to talk about this boring stuff, but here's a bunch of boobs to keep you interested. Yeah, but at the same time, like here's a bunch of boobs to keep you interested. They were all normal people. Like yeah. these aren't oh, yeah. like like these aren't like I mean these aren't like Baywatch models. Like they were just normal actresses that they were and actors that they got to like be in the scene. Like that's another thing that I like yeah. about it that it's it's normal people. Yeah. Um, Granted, they're young and fit, but still. <laughs> oh, I mean, except for Rico. Like I feel like Rico in this one, like his jaw, like oh my god. You could I don't know any better word. Like his jaw is the most intimidating thing in this movie. 
Okay, not to not to brag a little bit, but that's another reason why I like this movie is because I've I've put on some on my face here, but um, I've been told by many a person that when I was younger, I had that jawline. <laughs> I'm impressed. I, I am had very that impressed. jawline. I will show you some of my old MySpace pictures. I had that jawline. Yes. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> ah. All right. I think that's about it. I can't think of anything yeah, else to cover. I think I'm good. I liked anything it. Else? Devin, what was there anything about this movie that you didn't like? Just like Alan, like anything that you were like, eh, about? I'm really happy that question. you like it this much, but still, like. I, okay. I think the, okay, here, this is, this is a little bit weird of me, but the second that the bugs attacked Earth and killed, or blew up Buenos Aires, I wanted the movie to become a conspiracy theory movie. And I wanted the mo- that attack to have been done as a false flag operation by the Federation in order to incite war to start uh, like war on that planet so we could harvest its resources. That's where I wanted the movie to go. And the movie was much more straightforward than that. And that was not the movie. Um, <laughs> I think my biggest problem was I wanted the intrigue movie and I didn't get the intrigue movie, but I appreciate what it did. Okay. Like, I, I like the second they blew up Buenos Aires, I was like, too conveniently timed movie. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but that was it. That that would have been it. That's an that would be an interesting movie. To, I feel yeah. like if they were to go that route, I feel like getting more straight actors, mm-hmm. like more like non corny. Oh, yeah. You know, like I feel like the acting like style would have to be a bit more serious yeah. if they were going to go that Absolutely. route. But that's a definitely that's definitely a very um interesting way of going about that storyline especially because the planetary defenses didn't work yeah right because they show them work because another bug meteorite comes into the earth's like area and these two cannons zoom over and pow and it goes kaboom yeah 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 Hmm. okay i think that is it (laughs) i think that's all we've got for starship troopers so yeah this is one of my top 10 movies of all time. Are you happy now? I'm so happy we did this. I'm still going to reference <laughs> it forever, but I mean, I like at least you guys understand right. why. I feel like since you made us watch this, we should make you watch Human Centipede. No. There's there no, the, these two movies are not even on the same scale. Yeah, well, at one point, we'll have to talk about movies we'll never watch and refuse to watch. And, I feel like that'd be a good episode. Um, yeah. But... Tune in next week where we continue our journey through the View Askewerverse and take a look yes. at Kevin Smith's film Dogma. Reboot's coming, boys. It's almost here. Trailer's out. So oh, I can't wait. Um, yeah. So for you have to watch this podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. And we'll see you next week. Do you want to know more? <laughs>